Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Welcome in. It is season three of the Screening Room <laughs> Podcast. Hard to believe. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holiday season. And we are back. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com, the Screening Room Podcast. Brought to you by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. Boasting a 70-foot-wide ultra screen featuring Dolby Atmos surround sound and Dream Lounger recliners. The big screen and the comfy chairs. <laughs> you don't want to go to sleep, though. Well, I guess it's one one of the movies we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> Almost put about... me to sleep. If I'd have been in one of those, those Dream Loungers, I tell you, I'd have been out. But uh, we'll save that till last. Let's start with one of the good ones. One I think has a lot of people really waiting to see this one. At least a lot of people that I've talked to. It's competitive ice skater Tanya Harding rising amongst the ranks of the U.S. Figure Skating Championships with her future in the activity thrown into doubt when her ex-husband intervenes. It's I, Tanya. And the haters always say, Tanya, tell the truth. such thing as truth. I mean, it's bullshit. So just off the bat, Allison Janney is sure to get an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah, Allison Janney plays Tony Harding's mom Mm -hmm. in this. She's fantastic. Really, the entire cast is great. I I could see... Margot Robbie plays Tanya Harding. I could see her getting a nomination. I I mean, And I would not be against it. She is fantastic. And she's somebody... Except maybe except for that little known uh, Z for Zachariah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many lead roles she's had. Not many. No. She's had supporting roles, been solid in all of them. But here, boy, she not only gets the lead role, it's a meaty role. Oh, yeah, she's great. And she does not disappoint. But no. you're right, Allison Janney, almost certain. I'd be shocked if, well, if she is, doesn't get nominated. Uh, she, I think she's a sure nomination. Yeah. I think it's it's a 50-50 shot if she's going to win. Right, right. Up against um, Lori Metcalf, Metcalf from, from Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Right now, I would say they are uh, neck ne- and neck yeah, contenders. Yeah, probably so. But, but anyway, the, the main thing about this movie, I think above and beyond the performances, is just the tone right. that uh, the director, Craig, Craig Gillespie. Gillespie, and the writer, Stephen Rogers, come together to take. Because you heard it in the trailer where the prevailing attitude is, there's no such thing as truth. And they come, the filmmakers come at this scandal from the 1994 uh, Olympics with, uh, of course, Nancy Kerrigan getting hobbled. Right. Uh, they come at that from all sides, contradictory information, and it becomes a dark comedy, but yet it also has humanity to it. It has touching moments. It is such an American story. Boy, it is. And 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 as you point out in your review, and, and I think that the, uh, the film does a nice job of it, too, it, it also happened at the same time as sort of the next level of tabloid journalism as it moves to the television, the beginning of, of reality TV, and then moments before. It, like, it is the scandal that led up to the O.J. Simpson trial, so, or tr- scandal, event. Yeah. It's, and it's, 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 it's such a watershed moment. It is. And, of course, it's got a bit, a bit of a bittersweet naivete because we didn't know it at the time. Right. But anybody who lived through this, you think back, boy, yeah, think about that time. Before the Tanya Harding scandal, there was basically, there was no reality television because 1994 was the same year that MTV launched The Real World, right, right. which basically started Absolutely. reality television. Mm-hmm. You're right. There was very little tabloid journalism. Uh, on this, Not televised. Right, televised. Yes, yes. The, the, the 24-hour news mm-hmm. cycle. None of this stuff was, was either 
prevalent at all, existing at all, or it really hadn't gained any traction. Exactly. And then, yeah, at the end of the Tanya Harding scandal, that led right into the beginning of the O.J. Simpson murders. And yeah, it was really turned out to be, like you say, a watershed time in history. And this movie does a good job of glimpsing that and at the same and and, and making it feel very relevant mm-hmm. to today right. with truthiness right you know it's interesting too the way the way craig gillespie uh, sets all of this up because it's simultaneously funny and sad yeah and at the same time and it's not a mockery ever right and it, and it doesn't condescend and it, it treats his people like human beings but it doesn't go out of its way certainly to make them seem noble in their poverty and in their uh, you know right. their unhappiness and their poor decision making either and the person who straddles that line the best is Allison Janney she's flat out amazing in this movie as maybe the most unlikable mom in history (laughs) Uh, and you you know and you hate her and you're afraid of her and you find her hilarious all at the same time it's just an amazing performance yeah because you've got tanya harding's perspective on how things went down then you've got her mom's perspective on how things went down saying no you ought to thank me for the way that i treated you my mom was nice and where did it get me yeah and then you've got (laughs) Tanya Galooly. Harding's husband, Jeff Galuli, played by Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, Stan, his perspective he's on the great. whole thing. Yeah, he's, he's great, great. Too. And I think people are only, I know I'm only used to him as from the Winter Captain Soldier. America movies, yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah. So I'm not used to having him, you know, act much. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a pretty limited kind of performance, the Winter Soldier. And he's great in this movie. He's funny. He's, he's pathetic. And he's the one, he's the character, I think, the film gives you the... You you have the 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 most opportunity to sort of decide for yourself because depending on who you're talking to, either he beat the heck out of his wife, <laughs> right. or he totally didn't do that. He's just this sad sack nice guy, and that I think was one of the most interesting parts of the movie is how her perspective on him and his on her and theirs on each other vary so dramatically depending on who's talking. Yeah, and he had to a lesser degree he had the same sort of obstacles to overcome about his performance that uh, Margot Robbie did because. If you are aware at all of this scandal, you come to this movie with preconceived notions about these people. Right, Galuli, as he says in the in the film, my name became a you know a verb. You, know, you got Galulied, and then of course people's views on Tanya Harding, and and these actors have to break through that and find some sympathetic layers, right. and they do it, especially Margot Robbie does because yeah, she does. hers is the lead. She, she does really, a great job. She, she does. She doesn't play her like you said. There's no mockery involved. No. She does. She plays her as a real person, unapologetic about yeah. her upbringing. Yep. You know, she was into figure skating, and really, the figure skating early on, they wanted nothing to do with her. You know, Ever. unwashed. They never you know, the wanted anything unwashed. to do with her. No, they yeah. didn't want anything to do with her and her redneckness. And she had to fight against that. She had to fight against, from her perspective, her mother and her abusive ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get where she was going. So, yeah, she makes her sympathetic, but lets people decide for themselves with just the surreal nature of this entire scandal. Oh, you, yeah. you have to think to yourself, that's right, this this actually happened. Yeah. You know, these geniuses trying to pull off this crime. And then you've got Eckhart, the bodyguard. That guy, I would almost like to see a movie about him because <laughs> what a, a stupefying character, this guy, who had delusions that he was some sort of super spy. Oh, my God. Working black ops. I mean, the whole thing, like you said, is such an American, almost Greek tragedy <laughs> of ridiculousness. Can we can we coin that term? An American Greek, Greek tragedy of ridiculousness. 
But the tone is just so spot on in this movie. It makes it's funny, like it is. It's entertaining, mm-hmm. but it's like you said, it's also sad. There are there are there's one moment in particular in the film that's really quite heartbreaking. Yeah, between it really uh, between yeah. Margot Robbie and Allison Janney, there it's is. it's a brilliant. It's a real scene. Gut punch of it a, is. Yeah, um, it is. So it's it's really effectively done from from all sides, and uh, we would both give recommendations for I Tanya this week. Next up is another film based on true events. That is the theme today. It's the story of Molly Bloom, an Olympic-class skier who ran the most exclusive high-stakes poker game and then became an FBI target. It's Molly's Game. This is a true story. You ran games in L.A. for roughly eight years? Yeah. And then you ran games in New York for roughly two. I haven't run a game in over two years, not to spoil the ending. But that's when the government raided my game and took all of my money, assuming all of it was made illegally, which it wasn't. In this room, you couldn't buy your win. I'm all in. You couldn't buy me, and you couldn't buy a seat at the table. Why are you in this alone? Where are the people you're protecting by not telling the whole story? It's not their names. I'm protecting Charlie. It's mine. Tell me why! This one is the directorial debut from Aaron Sorkin, who also writes, and Aaron Sorkin has written so many things over the years. I think most people know him from The West Wing. Right. And then from HBO's show, The Newsroom. And he's an an exceedingly intelligent writer, sometimes too intelligent for his own good. His stuff is so rapid fire, and his dialogue is so smart that sometimes it comes off as, as it can be unrealistic. But here he also takes the directing chair, and I think this movie falls prey to that a little bit. But it's still very effective, very entertaining, and extremely interesting. It is. It's a fascinating story, and I want to give Sorkin credit because I think if, uh, in, in many hands, filmmaking hands, this would just have been tabloid fodder, yep. right? It's this beautiful woman, and she played runs, by Jessica Chastain, plays, played well by the always Very wonderful well, Jessica Chastain, yes. who ran the these incredibly exclusive high stakes poker games, and they were they were known not just for bringing in, you know, some criminal types and the titans of industry but some huge movie stars and athletes yeah big names and so you know this is movie of the week fodder right. but sorkin isn't particularly interested in that because he's interested in really smart people doing maybe shady things maybe not shady things mm-hmm. think of the social network for yep. example not that likable super super smart doing something fascinating that's mm-hmm. what he's interested in that's what he gets to the bottom of here is molly and again uh, casting jessica chastain is just a strike of genius because it's it's almost impossible for her to come off as being anything other than smarter than you think she is like <laughs> you know you are underestimating her she handles his dialogue really very well as you said it's sometimes very unrealistically intelligent dialogue usually it's just rapid fire generally over top of somebody else speaking just as intelligently often while they're all walking in place they're you know um <laughs> But one of the things I liked about this film is that she's, in many, many scenes, she's partnered with Idris Elba, who plays her lawyer, who also has the super hyper-intelligent, but it's just his delivery is so much more casual yeah. and and slower pace, and the cadence makes it seem less false when you've got these two people just, just exchanging dialogue like this. I really liked, and the chemistry of the two together I thought was great. Yeah, and we also have to mention Michael Sarah. Oh my god. <laughs> he steals plays, every scene he's in. He's brilliant. He does. He plays player X, they call him, a an actor, a very high-profile actor who's involved in almost all of these games and he's a he's a fascinating character and they don't name any names no. in the movie. 
What's what's even more fascinating is if you do a little digging, and I, I would wait until you see the movie. If you do a little digging, you can find out who these people were. Yeah. And boy, when I found out who Player X was, I'm like, really? But <laughs> uh, well, Michael so, Sarah's performance is so great. He's just wicked yes. and odd and not really what you would expect from Michael Sarah, of exactly, course, but yeah. he's perfect. I loved him in this. Yeah, the whole the whole ensemble is good, but it it it's never less than engaging. It is Even, true. Now, I do I I kept thinking the entire time I watched it, the almost exactly this time last year watching Miss Sloan, right. which was another drama about a fairly unlikable woman who's much smarter than people give her credit for being and is going to lead to a courtroom and it's it's such a similar film structurally and it stars Jessica Chastain. So, uh, I was a little I think put off by that. Mm-hmm. But if without that, if you don't, I mean, it's this. It is. It's a fascinating movie. Yeah, there's a lot of talent involved, and I think it it shows good promise for Aaron Sorkin as a director. Uh, maybe just reined in a little bit. Um, it can even get even get better. But he's obviously, as we said, he's obviously an incredibly intelligent guy and a creative guy, uh, and he's got the writing the writing resume, and now he's getting into into directing. I think it's a, a very promising start. Sure, and a very I think one we were both uh, satisfied with Molly's game. And lastly, one that is not recommended for the Dream Lounger recliners. This is Insidious Part 4, following parapsychologist Dr. Elise Rainier, faces her most fearsome and personal haunting yet in her own family home. It's Insidious, The Last Key. People who need help with matters that can't be explained, come to me. These hauntings can be terrifying things. I should know. I have faced many evils in my life. This was different, though. The haunted house. It's my family's house. I am going to find it, and I'm going to finish it. You didn't care for this at all. (laughs) I didn't, other than... The beginning, the first what, ten minutes? Yeah, the first ten minutes the are promising, of the film. Mm-hmm. and it's um, it's it's an origin story. So if you're familiar with the franchise, Elise is the parapsychologist, the psychic, who's been involved since the very first episode. Yeah, if you remember from the first one, it was um, Rose Byrne mm-hmm. and Patrick, Patrick Wilson, Wilson, and they brought her in yep. to help clean the house. Right. And now she's become the main character. And so the opening of the film is basically her origin story. You realize she's a little kid. It's the 1950s, and it, it introduces you to her house. Now, the little girl who plays her... Ava Kolker. Wow, she's good. She's fantastic. Holy cow, she's she good. She has one scene where she has to be really emotional, and man, we both, it was one of the first yep. things, we went out, we saw the movie, then we went out to eat, and we both said, how about that little girl? Oh my gosh, she she's was great. great. She was great. The problem is that the movie never lives up to that promise. It uh, it quickly becomes just bland, tedious. Boring, jump scares with music stabs, you know, this is seventh grade horror Totally, totally uninteresting to me. Right, and so one of the you know uh, one of the reasons that the first one, Insidious, worked as well as it did, and and part of it is because it was a very, very imaginative film, so it wasn't derivative as obviously the fourth in a franchise is going to be. But another one is it benefited from the direction of James Wan, mm-hmm. who 
really knows, really knows, even if he's basically relying on jump scares, which he often does. He's also the master of practical effects, and he is the master of building the atmosphere and not relying on cliche so that the jump scares don't feel cheap. Right. Well, that is not the case in this one. He produces, and Lee Wanell continues to write. The two of them have been partners since Saw, mm-hmm. right? Lee Wanell wrote Saw, James Wan directed it, and they've been, you know, they've worked together ever since then. But really, the Insidious franchise is kind of Lee Wanells. He writes them all. He stars. He plays Specs, one of the uh, psychic ghost hunters. Ghost hunter, that yeah. follows along with Elise. Yeah. Um, and director Adam Robitel. They don't have the imagination. It feels lazy. You know, it, it feels less inspired. Yeah, and it leads up to this this monster that you just question from the beginning. What? I mean, how it comes on, how they get rid of it. You know, the finale is very... Really? Is that what it takes? And then there's parts in, if you actually watch the trailer, there's some parts in the trailer that look kind of creepy and and promising that don't make it into the movie at all. Yeah, which is a problem because if they use it in the trailer, it means it's a cool scene. Why would they have dropped it from the film then? So yeah, that's problematic. It's just, it doesn't have any of the interesting vision of the first or even the second. And it becomes, you know, partway through, there's a sort of police procedural that, that takes a, a, a weird turn and kind of then lets all the villains in the movie off the hook because yeah. they weren't really villains because there's a demon involved. It just, but it's, it's just bland it, nothing holds together particularly well, and as much as I like the lead... Lynn Shea plays Elise, and she's had a gr- long and great career, mainly as a supporting player, with sometimes very iconic results. I mean, she was the crazy old lady in Kingpin. Yep. She was the overly tanned lady in There's Something About Mary, and yeah. those are great roles yeah, they're great that you roles. remember forever. The problem is, she just, she can't... Really lead she can't carry a film she is not a lead at least not this one and right and 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 also you know you need somebody who has that kind of sort of she's a bit understated to be who is basically the donald pleasance of the film somebody (laughs) who has to deliver lines about evil ultimate evil you need somebody with a little bit more panache to them because she just sounds like somebody's auntie talking about ultimate evil and you just don't (laughs) you're like ah but there are there are many many other problems beside that but that is that is one but it's it's just really boring and uninspired and not uh not a good part of this franchise might might kill it off we'll see and that's insidious the last key moving to home entertainment there's some stuff ranging from some of the best of the year to okay and the lead title in home entertainment dvd blu-ray Coming out this uh, week is Blade Runner 2049. I hope you have a big screen. I do, too. Because oh, my you, God, this is a gorgeous film. If you have to see it on a, quote-unquote, home screen, definitely do. But this is one that just demands to be seen on the biggest possible screen you can find. Because even though it's a good movie anyway, it looks just fantastic. It does. And that's one of the things that I was worried about going into it. Because Ridley Scott's original has such an incredible look about it. But Deacon's... Roger Deakins. We expect him to it finally finally win. What he's been nominated eleven times. Oh my lord! We expect yeah. him to finally win one of an the Oscar best for cinematographers ever. Oh, obviously, and somehow he's never won an Oscar, and I think this year might be the one to do it, and and probably more technical awards too. Oh, I would think for so. This yes, movie. it just looks glorious. It just is an amazing looking film. It's also a very fascinating movie. Yeah, very well told. It's long. Yep. it never felt long to me. It just felt like it was breathing. And taking its and a, time and yep. telling a good story. And I loved it. I a, loved this movie. A very smart advancement of the original Blade Runner. Also coming out this week on home videos, Battle of the Sexes. Back to 1973 for Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. This is Steve Carell as Bobby Riggs. Um, Emma Stone mm-hmm. as Billie Jean King. They both do a great they job. They really do. 
in a very, very entertaining movie. And in a movie like this, they're going to take liberties. As we've said many times, these movies aren't documentaries. They take liberties. But even Billie Jean King herself has said that it gets 99% of the basic, basic story right. You know, yeah, it moves some things around, but it's an, it's an effective story, especially if you remember it happening uh, you know like, what? like I did. If you don't... And I don't. Right. If you don't, I think that you might even be more reason to see it because oh, okay. it is an amazing piece of American history. It, is. it really is. It really is. It's a fascinating look at at you know sports history, at history of feminism, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's an entertaining you know film to watch. And I wouldn't be shocked mainly because it's not an incredibly dense male lead. Male support. Yeah, I think that there's Field an outside chance that Steve Carell could get, could get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, he's he great. is so great. You're right. The field this year is not really stacked with with male performances, and he is. He he he's really great. He just nails the Bobby Riggs character, who was for those who remember quite a character. And you're right. Um, a little bit in the in the way that we were talking about the Tanya Harding movie. This takes back to a time where we didn't know then what this was. Maybe becoming a watershed moment for right. for so many different things in, in feminism, in sports, in sports marketing, and things like that. So yeah, it really it really centers on an, an era that is worth revisiting and an event in that era worth revisiting for many reasons. It's a very entertaining film, Battle of the Sexes. And the third one out this week is American Made. It's the latest from Tom Cruise, story of Barry Seal, the American pilot who became a drug runner in the 80s for the CIA. And it, this certainly has its moments, but it never, I don't think, becomes a complete success. But it's, it has its entertaining moments, and it moves along. It does. And I, a lot of people don't like Tom Cruise. I can't say I'm a giant Tom Cruise fan. He does a great job in this movie. He really does. And it's a kind of role that his charisma, yeah. his wink and his good looks and his charisma can really carry yeah. a role like this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's another fascinating, <laughs> true story yeah. that depicts an era that, you know, you look back on and be like, damn, but that was what the, you know, what the early 80s, I mean, because it really is, it's a great, it's a great small look at a big deal. Like, this is how politics were progressing in the 80s, and it's just an interesting story that, that gives you a bigger picture, I think. Yeah, so some decent, some decent and some great choices on home entertainment this week. Looking ahead to next week, now, we're starting to get some of these films that technically came out in 2017 because they opened in the big cities, New York and L.A., so they could be Oscar out- contenders. Oscar contenders, And now they're got- starting to get rolled out for the rest of the country. Well, I, Tanya, and Molly's Game were just two of those that we talked about this week, and we have more of those coming up next week. The Post, for mm-hmm. example. I think uh, everybody understands it's a Spielberg and a Meryl Streep and a Tom Hanks this is a big movie. That's loaded. That's a big movie. So <laughs> the post right. comes out next week. Also, less likely contender, The Commuter. The Commuter. It's, it's Liam Neeson in a Liam Neeson movie. And he has skills, and you're <laughs> going to die. And then there's one that's not going to be very good, but I bet you're excited about Proud Mary. <laughs> Taraji P. Taking names and kicking butts. And uh, that that was, comes out next week. And as also, well as Paddington 2. <laughs> Paddington 2 on the other end of the spectrum. Families get something for Paddington Two. Did either of us see Paddington One? No, but I don't people think loved we did. it. It got it was it's, it, it earned rave reviews, so was, we may have to watch them back. Was to there back. a nut job one? <laughs> <laughs> we had to deal with that question this year. Anytime the movie Two comes out, you're like, was there a one? 
Uh, no, we okay. We missed that. But Paddington two, yes, got the Paddington one. You said got raves. So. Yes, raves. I believe Sally Hawkins is involved. All right, nice. I know. How All could right. we have missed it? So we love her. Something for the families. All right. So let us know what you thought about this week's movies, or even going back to our best of list uh, from last week. Chime in. Keep the conversation going. Easy to do that on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf. That's M A D D W O L F. Also a Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, the main website where you can catch. All our written reviews and our top 25 of the year and all sorts of fun stuff, that is madwolf.com. So a lot going on. And until next week, we hope to hear from you. The Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and sponsored by Marcus Crosswoods Theaters. Until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.